Hello, welcome to Berenson Bond, episode 40, with your host Corey and Diego Berenson. How you doing, Diego? Good. You look good. Got your notes? Okay, I'm really excited to have Mr. Eddie Banks here with us. My mechanic, favorite man, make me happy knowing you're in my life, man. I appreciate you coming out here. First and foremost, I know time is extremely valuable, and I, I genuinely appreciate you. Everybody's got obligations and things you got to do, family, outside of work, free time, so I appreciate it. Um, when I first went to your shop, I, I honestly went because you were extremely close to my job. That you were, makes a difference. <laughs> you, were, you were walkably closer than Jeans, which is down the street, and wow. I have a coworker who actually still listen to this. I hope, Joe, you're out there listening. He had a cousin at Jeans, but I didn't know that. But I said, what shop is closer? And I found you. And the moment I met you, I got to say, you're extremely personable, just so approachable, modest, and you really cared about. I could feel that you were putting yourself in my shoes every time, and I appreciate it. You're patient. You knock out every job with ease. And, I, and every time something happens with the car, I'm just like, ah, I know exactly where this car is going. It's coming straight to Eddie. And I know you took care of it, and my car rides so smooth. I almost feel like I turned my Altima into a Ferrari. Watch Shit. out, highway. <laughs> so thank you. Um, you know, thanks for coming out. I just want to say all that. Um, first thing, Diego has been thinking. I told him a little bit about you. He knows he's seen the cars get fixed and come back and see me happy about it. So you have any questions for Mr. Eddie here? You do? Okay. What you got? Okay, so who or what um, inspired you to come up with your job? Who or what inspired me to come up with my job? Um, I've always had a passion for cars. Um, uh, when we were when I when I grew up, uh, my father uh, actually worked on his own vehicle. And when he did, uh, me and my brother was, uh, always right there beside him doing like, uh, um, little jobs. I mean, he didn't do anything major, but brakes, oil changes, stuff like that. It was important to him to maintain his cars to, uh, uh, so he wouldn't have a major failure later. And so, um, I just I like anything with wheels, anything with wheels, anything with a motor. Doesn't matter what it is, and I like taking things apart, and so that's what inspired me to do that. Plus, um, I saw a need um, just in the community, really, to um, help people, assist people with the repairs on their cars. That's really what happened. Um, when did you like trademark your job? Oh, trademark my business. Um, so, uh, like, I think where you're going, maybe how did I come up with my name? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so how I came up with my name is I'm naturally fast. <laughs> I really am. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm just naturally fast. I just saw that I could fix stuff efficiently um, at a fair price and get it in and out. I didn't take a long time. That's one thing that I um, think about is people have a car because they want to drive it. They don't want it at the shop. They don't want it parked in the garage because it's broke. And so I try to find a way to get it fixed, 
get it done right and get it done fast. That's why I named myself Fast Eddie. Plus, I move fast. That's just me. I, my reflexes are fast. I don't know why. Maybe I should have been a football player. I don't know. Um, where is the first um like location you started like working on cars? My first location, believe it or not, was in my backyard. That was my first location. I started at home. I started literally on the ground. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. I started on the ground. Never had a shop, and so I actually built my customer base from my backyard. And so, literally from the ground up, I started in my backyard. And uh, n- my neighbors didn't even know I worked on cars because I kept it so neat and clean. I only uh, I had two. I have two driveways, and and I had a gate. And so, um, I'd go pick people cars up, bring them to my house, work on them, and uh, and then take them back. That's what I did. I did that for a bunch, a lot of years. And then I got so busy. Um, that I opened up my first shop, which was in Austin. Well, actually, right down the street from, uh, uh, it was on Shady Lane. That's where it was at. Um, and, uh, that was my first shop. So, but I started in my backyard. Out the trunk of my car, really, doing like mobile mechanic. Oh, and you, you would drive the people? Drive the people. And then, uh, and then, um, you know, I, you know, just sometimes go to people's houses and work on cars, light stuff, nothing. Major. I, I did a couple of engines. I remember, I remember going to, uh, city park out that way and putting the engine in a guy's truck. I loaded on back of my truck with a, a hoist and all that. Put his engine in right in his driveway. He lived in a kind of rural area, so it didn't matter, but that's what I did. I got it done. And so that's where I started. Um, how did you, or- How did you, um, I can't. <laughs> you can't read it? Mm-hmm. You can't read it? Or you don't know how to describe it? I don't know how to describe it. Just just say it how you think. Um, I'll just get it. All right. Um, so, yeah. That's all you got? Well, that's awesome. That is awesome. Great questions. Great questions. One thing I want to tell you is, uh, people see me now and with the shop I have now and I'm humbled to have it. But, uh, you know, I didn't really kind of come up the way maybe other shops did. Um, didn't have a lot of money. Um, my main focus was to, uh, be in business, take care of my family and, um, kind of work from the ground up debt free and, uh, and it's harder that way. <laughs> it takes longer, but uh, but it's sure steps. And so um, I do have experience working at a dealership. I worked at Lexus of Austin uh, for about three years. And so um, I know what that's all about, but it's not for me. And so um, I've always been uh, an entrepreneur at heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, – uh, that's just what, and I'm a people person and I want to control how I treat, how the people are treated, not how somebody tell me to treat the people. And I want to make sure it's fair. And so the only way I can do that, I got to do it myself. And so I hate to say that, but, um, really that's the way. And so even if I hire other people, you know, as time goes on, I am, I need to, but I still want to be able to treat the customer and make sure the customer is being treated right. 
Because ultimately, that's the business. That's not, you can't, you can't have a business without, without customers. You can't have a coffee shop without coffee. <laughs> you know, you gotta have coffee. And so, um, without customers, you, you know, you don't have a business. So, really, that's it. Yeah. What, what was the tipping point when you were at the dealership and then you decided, I think I can do this myself? I think it's time for me to take control of the situation. I think I can run this. Well, um, actually, um, the reason why I went to a dealership because I had a shop and I had a terrible experience with a couple people. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so it kind of put me in limbo. And so I needed work. Gotcha. And so I still did my business. I went back to the house because I had a shop and I went to a dealer and I went back to the house. So you work, you were working after work. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I've always been the guy That's that hard work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 12, one o'clock in the morning all the time. Go to work in the morning. But you yeah. knew if you pushed through, eventually you could let go of the yes, yes, the dealership, and then you'd have enough to. Mm-hmm. So you had to keep it going. Had to keep it going, and so, um, um, but yeah, the tipping point was, I saw that two things: the money that was promised to me never made it, and so, and then um, it just wasn't for me. I was, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't. I mean, I, I like working there. Um, I, I enjoyed the employees. I enjoyed kind of the atmosphere, but it just wasn't for me. And so, um, and I didn't like the idea of being pressured and doing something that really didn't feel that the customer needed at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like somebody was coaxing me to do it, but it's just kind of the, it's kind of the norm. You know, and so I hate to say that, but it's just the truth. It's just, you know, you got to make numbers and I understand making numbers, but I like to make mine another type of way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but when I did leave there, I, it was actually a good, um, experience because I found out how to, um, how to properly, um, better run a shop and not, and how to avoid certain situations. Okay. And so it taught me, um, you know, because I'm a guy, when I go somewhere, I, I pay attention. And so when I went to that dealership, I paid attention and learned different things that helped me in my business even today. Gave me the skill set I needed. So, um, but yeah, the, the so once I left there, um, let's see. Yeah, I did get another shop. And uh, well, uh, yeah, I got another shop and, you know, it kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely more. I mean, I've been to a lot of shops, mm-hmm. and when I go to the bigger shops or other shops, you just, you know, you know, you're a number. Mm-hmm. They got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know, does does Mr. Eddie look like a robot? No, he doesn't. He looks like a human. Mm-hmm. He's a human. He's a person with a life and a family, and bit you know, so personable. I like. I knew right away. You know, oh, you're gonna, you care about me. Oh yeah, and. Is obvious from the get go, mm-hmm. you know, and just just being able to know, you know, once you find, you know, somebody, you know, like your doctor, like you find right. you find a good doctor, like I can stop right. looking around right. for a good doctor, right. check, right. check, you gotta find right. a good mechanic. Oh, thank mm-hmm. God, I got mm-hmm. got you know, mm-hmm. you find one more person, but it's not just that; it's 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 such a positive feeling when I go there. That's right. why I'm happier. Here with us, I, I love introducing my son and showing right. these are positive, right. caring right. people out there. Right. That it's it's not just I go to the shop and it's like, do, you know, a lot of customers like you know go any place they're used to not being cared about. Mm-hmm. So they say, do my bidding and then I'm out of here. Like, That's right. like do what I say. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I paid and mm-hmm. it's not 
nice and it doesn't feel good and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. and that's the biggest difference in those so that's what was awesome and, and i appreciated it and like you said the big shops i worked actually at leaf johnson ford for a wow. little bit doing a rni i assisted with the engine guy mm-hmm. the transmission guy actually got me the job wow. and then i he he put me with the engine person i was there maybe maybe a year year and a half and uh pulling out engines out of crown vicks wow. you know it was mostly the cop cars right, that coming and right, beat down right they're like don't fix it just swap the engine because these dudes are mm-hmm. tearing Rough them up on. yeah mm-hmm. so i got to be part of that and it was it was fun and uh i mean i really liked it right you know i got right. in there and you know it was so complicated right i right. love the challenge of right, it right day one he's like what do you know i was like i just know basics right my first car was a subaru brat oh wow so i would take that thing apart right, right. put it back together all the right. time and then when I got to the shop, he said, okay, I'm going to give you this unlimited time since you're training. I want you to take every bolt and pin and hose out and organize it right on the light. So just take this whole thing apart bit wow. by bit. And I took me a week right. to take an engine out. I mean, it's a slow motion. Right. The, next, right. the guy in the next bay over was like, he was the engine ninja. He put his gloves on. Everything was clean put his little safety glasses on he would have an engine out and in before he left for the day wow i was amazed and i'm over here a week later i just put it apart and what it is like okay he's like great you took it apart you got to feel what it takes to take some apart then he then he just scooped up all the parts and dumped them in one big bucket one giant bin he's like don't worry i know where all these pieces go and right then, my mind exploded. <laughs> I said, yeah, what? You lose all confidence. <laughs> how how, right. does, how mm-hmm. do you do that? Right. And right. Uh, the similarity I had to is, uh, you know, I know it's a deviation, right. but right. Uh, I was a, a carpentry assistant. And I remember going to be an assistant for some dude. Mm-hmm. And he went to a house and they, they wanted a front deck built out, a full, full front deck right. around right. post. And he looked at it, da-da. wrote some notes, went to the lumberyard, got all the pieces we wasted maybe one five gallon bucket of pieces to a T. Right. I felt like that when I saw this mm-hmm. mechanic know he's like, I know where everything right. goes. Everything goes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of respect for what you yeah. do. The point is like it looks hard. I know how hard it is and complicated and it just seems like you're very happy. like I could feel your your you're so proud of your work mm-hmm. yes and that work ethic mm-hmm. and what i wanted to ask you is i'm assuming a bit of that hard mm-hmm. work ethic came because remember you told me that your dad Diego, his dad fell off of a roof yes. and then kept working right so i'm assuming that your dad put some work ethic in you if he was gonna work after falling off a roof i bet he made you work pretty hard oh yeah <laughs> yeah, we we come from a lineage of workers, that's for sure. Uh, my dad being one of the hardest working people I know. Um, and uh, the thing is, is uh, he never let anything stop him. And so, um, of course, you know, we take vacations, we do different things. But um, I believe that uh, I'm going to work for it, whatever it is I want and so, or whatever it is I need. And so... Um, um, I want to mention something though. You were talking about the mechanic that, um, took, you took a week to take it apart and mm-hmm. told you to organize all the bolts. 
Um, what's crazy is I've taken many, I can't tell you how many engines and transmissions I've taken out, cars I've taken apart. But um, my point is, is when I take them apart, my system is just that. And so what I do, I take it out. I just put the bolts in a bin. And then when I go to put it back together, I get a board or a piece of cardboard. And I separate every bolt, every one that look alike. And um, and then put the car back together. And so it's crazy how we do that, you know, because really cars are really a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All those different bolts, but they go certain places, certain bolts. They may look the same, but the heads are different or you know, maybe the clearance is different here or there, whatever. But that's just really the way to do it. And so um, it's crazy. It's a crazy system because one thing that I strive to do, every boat goes that comes off the car must go back. <laughs> you can't have, have, you, have you ever done that where you put it back together and you got one bolt in your yes, hand? Yes, yes, I have. I'll no, be yes, but <laughs> the thing is, I'm gonna spend my time and find out where that boat goes. And generally, if you look and take your time, you gotta care. And mm-hmm. so, if you look and, and take your time, you'll find it. And then sometimes, what'll happen is I may start off with uh, like. Uh, a bucket that might have a couple bolts in it or I'm, or I'm on my tool tray and I put it on my tool tray and I may just have an extra bolt sitting there and I might spend all this time looking and say, this bolt just don't go to this car. Oh. <laughs> and I'll spend an hour doing it. But, so, but, but you know. But I know that, that I look, right. I look over the job, say I didn't touch anything else. This is where I was working. And so I know this is good. So, uh, and you can kind of tell because some bolts, Depending on the type of car you're working on, let's say you're working on an oil leak area mm-hmm. and you take the bolts off. Well, you know those bolts are going to be oily. Gotcha. And so you know they're associated with that area. And these may be exhaust bolts, so they may be a little rusted. So they go to this area. And so intake may be a little oxidized. And so you can, you know, so sort of physical like appearances that you can yep. match up. Mm-hmm. And then once you finish, then you can clean the engine and then it's good, but it's together. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, but yeah, going back to hard work, man, it's, it's, it's scary sometimes because sometimes, you know, I mean, it is a point where you can kind of overdo it, you know, and so, uh, and, uh, and it's very long days, but at the end of the day, one thing I can say that is, um, I've given my best. And so, and for the customer, that's the key. So, um, you know, because, uh, one thing my dad always said, hard work pays off. It does, you know. Um, but at the same time in my business, it's everything to, um, um, take care of the customer, take care of the people, um, and just, uh, uh, you know, really care, you know, because, uh, too often and I, and I, and I go to other shops on purpose mm-hmm. sometimes just to kind of see one, how I'm be treated and just to be a customer and, uh, not to get my car worked on, but just definitely like tie shops and stuff like that. Okay. So I kind of expect a certain level of type of service because I give a certain level of type of service. I don't expect to be, uh, um, uh, you know, pulled, uh, you know, pulled in front of the line or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, or treat us uh, like, uh, better than anybody else. But there is a, there is a standard, you know? And so, uh, I feel like that sometimes in the, in in this rat race we have the standard is lost, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, yes, I want to continue to grow and this and that, but at the same time, that's one thing I don't want to lose because when you lose that, then you know people feel like because people are going to work, spending their money, um, and 
and the, and the money they budget is not just for their car. It's you know it's harder money have other things, and so sometimes they have to go out of budget to fix their car. And so I understand that, and so I want to treat people exactly how I want to be treated. So um, I try to remember that on a daily basis, no matter what type of day I'm having. I try to remember that, and 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 it's hard sometimes because sometimes I'm too passionate, you know, <laughs> and so that could be bad for business. But at the same time, I stay in business. That's the key. So um, it's kind of what it takes. Well, your, your empathy comes across for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so buses, I want to ask you, you yep. don't only fix cars. He fixes buses. That seems like 10 times harder. Is it? What is that whole? Or how did you get into buses after after cars or during cars? Well, the unique thing about me, <clears throat> I've done, done a lot of things at one time. Actually, in my first shop, I'm going to back up. Before I even had a shop, yeah, before I even had a shop, my first shop, mm-hmm. I was working in my backyard. And my neighbor across the street, my still current neighbor across the street, has been there over 40 years. Um, uh, I used to work on a lot of his cars. Funny thing is, he used to, his driveway, his second driveway is in line with my second driveway. Well, his, his only driveway is in line with my second driveway. So when his car would break, he'd just drive it over across the street into my yard, into my <laughs> driveway. And that's I, convenient. It's very convenient. And so anyway, uh, he'd send me, uh, call me and tell me, Hey, I left my truck over there. The starter's bad. Okay. And I fixed it. And so, um, he saw me raising my three kids with my wife. And, uh, and so, um, one day he told me, man, you know what? It, you ought to look, think about driving buses. You know, uh, part time. You know, to uh, oh, driving, driving them, driving them, okay. and so uh, to uh, supplement your income. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I know, like, something is crazy because in the summertime, well, even at even you have a shop, all jobs are seasonal, right. not seasonal, but there's peak, low times and peak times. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, he I guess he saw that, and so it was true. And so he's like, "You got to think about driving buses and part time." He worked for Coach USA. And so I was like, well, I can't really do that because my wife's not going to want to let me, you know, go out of town long periods of time with the little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants help raising the family. So he said, no, nah, it's not like that. You, uh, you have to go th- to a three-month course in San Antonio. Once you do that, then you can uh, – uh, there's training, and then you can drive buses part-time. And so, so I said, okay. So I agreed to it. So anyway, long story short, um, I went to the – to train in and uh and in this time in that amount of time i was working home i got my first shot and i went to this training and drove these buses now mind you um at this time i was driving buses well i was going to training in san antonio i would go for two days and come home on the third day and uh um work at the shop my brother was helping me at the shop, and so he would take in a few jobs, and then I'd come home at night after being in class all day from San Antonio and work all night, and then get back to class in the morning. So you you work on cars after you got home? Yes, mm-hmm, from San Antonio, and and you were you were in Austin? Yes, I was in Austin, <laughs> and then and then. Uh, so I, wait, so when were you? Okay, so you're taking the classes, mm-hmm. driving. How much sleep are you getting? None? Not very much. Not very much. It was some tough, tough. So what? What? I mean, what did it take to push through 
all that or was it just easy because you knew it had it was finite it was going to end I'm at some be, point i'm gonna be honest it was hard it was very hard um i didn't couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel um didn't even know it was a light there <laughs> and so, i didn't know but uh but um, the one thing that I could tell you that helped me was I'm a provider, you know, and mm-hmm. I had to provide uh, for my kids. And so um, I knew that this was going to help me later. That's, that's what I could say. And so because um, I didn't really see, I, you know, I wanted to give up so many times. But I was like, man, if I can get through this, then it could be a lifelong deal. And so or, you know, for a long term, long term deal. Besides that, um, so went through the class, was running the shop, and I would just want to note this is that I started driving three nights a week to um, Dallas, Enos, Texas. Whoa. I worked for a company called Bison, and I drove trucks. I used to haul, like, they did, like, logistics, Dell computer uh, equipment, so whatever. So, like, 18-wheelers? 18-wheeler. I did okay. that three nights a week. And so I did was doing that, had the shop, and drove the bus. So if you drove up at night, when did you come back? Like right away? Right away. You just go I, drop off a load yep, and come mm-hmm. back? Five o'clock was my pickup time in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And so I'd work at the shop till 3.30, 4 o'clock, head over to the place, pick up the truck, go to um, um, Grapevine, basically, I think it's in Dallas-Fort Worth, mm-hmm. uh, to Herman. Uh, I think it's called Herman Miller. Um Danny Herman is the name of the company that I drop off at. Had to be there at 9 o'clock. I think 9 or 9.30, something like that. Didn't have time. Didn't have a restroom break. Had to drive straight there, traffic all, and then get there, and then I could take my time coming back. But most of the time, I need to be back by 5 in the morning. So I did that for mm, probably a year. Whoa. Yeah, probably a year. And so... um I used to keep my bus at the shop. So I did short runs. But also at the shop, I used to do, um, I mean, not the shop, but driving buses, mm-hmm. going back to buses. is um, I, So we did scheduled runs like uh, Big Springs. We did um, Fort Stockton. Um, so on those runs, when you got on those runs, you had to, they would put you on that and you had to uh, drive the bus to Fort Stockton, lay over a couple of days and then come back. So I did a few of them. Plus, scheduled run to Houston, Dallas, stuff like that. It was just kind of like Greyhound, and so that's how I got into buses. So and that so, would be so that would be just here and there, mm-hmm. once or twice a week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And but, then, but why? So you're doing buses during the day. Well, buses kind of at night. Buses at night. Buses um, night. and yeah. the drop offs to Dallas. And the drop offs to you Dallas. Did both of those at the same time. Yes, and had the shop. And had the shop. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Really, really crazy. Are you listening to this? <laughs> Do you understand how that'd be like me me telling you, you go to school, when you come home, we're going to do six more hours of school. And when you wake up, I'm going to wake you up at three o'clock in the morning instead of six. And guess what you're going to do? We're going to go build stuff for like five hours. And then you're going to go to school. And then do that for a year. That'd be your world right now. Easy, right? No, that's <laughs> no. not easy. Nah. I how did you, uh, what did you do? Or was, you know, I guess, how did you de-stress? Or were you just pushing through because you knew all this is going to pay off and you're providing for your family? You know, you weren't going to push at this level forever, naturally. I'm I'm guessing, you did you give yourself a deadline or say, okay, I'm going to do this for two years 
then look for a bigger shop or um, how, did, how did it transpire? Do you say, okay, let me not drive. Let me just fix buses. I don't know. How did that pan out? Well, um, kind of, um, uh, things kind of played out. Um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of, I just started putting things in perspective because you can't just work. You got to spend time at home. You got to spend time with your kids. You got to spend time with your wife. You got to do all those things. Uh, if you have one, if you have kids, whatever. Um, and, and, and I started to try to concentrate on a few things rather than a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can have too many irons in the fire and, uh, and all of them, you know, one may get kind of hot, one may not be kind of hot, you know. And so I started kind of dropping some of those things. I kept the bus deal, dropped the truck deal. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, wasn't getting enough sleep. So I, so I started thinking about the truck. I, I started weighing my options. Look at the truck. If I have the, if I'm driving a truck at night, then there's no opportunity for me to take my kids if, you know, if with me. You know, even if it is work, but still they can be with me. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped that and I thought about the bus. I was like, man, when I drive the bus, really it's easy because it's a lot of round town stuff. Um, we're going field trips with schools and stuff like this. I could actually take my kids with me or my family with me sometimes, not all the time, but I start thinking about that. And so, um, so I dropped that. And so, um, and then really the shop, it played out, you know, at that time. It was it was a good experience, but I did it for two years and it just played out. I just, you know, I couldn't hang on. And so um, I need to regroup, regroup, fam. That's when I went to work for Lexus. And so I went to work for Lexus and I kind of didn't do at that time. I didn't do much bus stuff. Um, I did. But uh, let's see. Um, No, when I was at the shop. I dropped the truck, but I started doing casino runs on the bus. That's what I did three nights a week. And, um, um, so to Louisiana? Yes, to Cachata. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. And so I learned that deal. You know, that was, that was, that so was just charter buses to Cachata. Yes. Mm-hmm. One day layover or two? And then no then layover. Just go, go it, pick up at once again, five, some about five o'clock. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but about five, five thirty, pick up. And we'd be there at midnight. I'd get six hours sleep on the bus. Okay. And six o'clock sharp a.m. We'd head back. And uh, and so um, and then and then uh, and in Beaumont, I think it was in Beaumont. I'd have uh, a relief driver, and then we'd uh, come back to uh, Austin. Um, so. Uh, Cause I'm be out of hours after that. So, uh, but you were still at the dealership while you were doing that. No, be- this was before the dealership. This is when I was at my first shop. Okay. So that mm-hmm. was right before. Yes. You kind of just say, Hey, let me regroup. Yeah. Just do a steady. Yep. Exactly. Hours. Yep. Focus back mm-hmm. on the family. Yep. Get some stability. Yep. Work life balance. Yep. And then figure out how to keep that balance. <laughs> how while to you keep move the balance. Forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so, um, but at that time when I was driving a bus, I began to, I had a friend that had a bus. Mm-hmm. So your original question was how they get into working on buses. Um, and, and I had a friend that owned a bus. And so, um, 
I would drive in between all this. I would drive his bus on Sundays, some Sundays to pool tournaments, different places around in da- mostly Dallas, and uh, yeah, mo- it was always in Dallas. And mm-hmm. so um, his bus needed a little bit of work, and so I'm a mechanic, and so I just got a motor. It's got wheels, and so <laughs> you know I did uh, just small things on that mm-hmm. one. No brakes, nothing like that. Just uh, basically maintenance, like uh, lubing the chassis, um, oil change, belt, stuff like that, AC work, stuff like that. It was an old MCI, MC9, I think that's what it was. And so uh, I would drive it to Dallas. I did that for, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that. And so um, that's- Every every Sunday or every other Sunday? Every other Sunday, yes. It was like twice a month. Okay. And so- um, that's how I got into um, uh, kind of interested in working on them, and then uh, and then after that, uh, after working at Lexus um, for a while for three years, uh, I went back home to regroup, and so I need another steady, <laughs> and so uh, uh, but you know I I mean I I did everything at, at the house, and so. Um, uh, I mean, I made really good income, just like a regular job. It wasn't like I was, you know, uh, I wore uniforms and everything. That's just what I did. I had mm-hmm. office at a um, little office in the back. I just didn't have a lift or nothing like that. But, but uh, um, shortly after that, um, there was a, a opportunity. A friend of mine, a great friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, worked at. First Transit, which is uh, the UT shuttle buses, metro buses. And so that's when I really started getting heavy into working on buses. And so I did that, uh, I think, about a year and a half. I worked at night. Would from, you, go, you would go there to work on Yes, I would okay. go there to work on Yeah, they didn't come to my house. Okay. <laughs> I was like, drive the bus over? Yeah, no, no. Uh-uh. So I'd work on on those buses. I was actually a B mechanic over there. What does that mean? So B mechanic, so you have a C, which is basically service. Oil loop, um, tires, um, maybe, no, no brakes, just oil loop, tires, belts, hoses, uh, or maybe some hoses, small stuff, um, lights, inspections, um, and transmission services. Um, and then a B-Tech was brakes, uh, engine tune-up, which is like injectors, mm-hmm. uh, more heavy duty, and then the A-Tech do everything. So oh, okay. I was I started off as a beat mechanic, and so, um, but uh, at first transit. So we used to. It's crazy because if you can imagine a bus, a big bus, mm-hmm. they have lifts for these buses, wow. and in the first time I ever um, walked upon a bus that was lifted up, Are you scared. I was like, man, this is insane. I mean, <laughs> if the bus falls, you wouldn't even hear from me anymore. <laughs> you wouldn't even hear me scream. It wouldn't be nothing. Would you walk under a bus? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it was it was really uh crazy and so sometimes we had to do like suspension work and and you could they had these big humongous stands that you put and up under the bus and then let the lift down. I was like, man, if this stand breaks <sighs> yeah. And so uh, Well why would you put it on stands instead of Well because you just needed more space? Well, uh, yeah, kind of sort of because the, the way the bus is lifted is lifted by the tire. 
By the and, tires. Yeah, by the tires. You put okay. it go up on the tire and they mm-hmm. lift it up. And okay. so sometimes if you're doing suspension work with suspension is tied to kind of the tire mm-hmm. area. And so if you're doing an airbag or a strut rod or something like that, you need more clearance to get it out and then put it in and then lift it back up. So you put the stand up on like the frame and then or yeah, up on the frame and then lift the bus up higher or let it down or whatever however you need to do it. So those type of things you have to really be paying attention. Oh you know? yeah. So you have bus lifts at your place then? No, no bus lifts. Mm-mm. And so, uh, so yeah, that's how I got into working on buses, um, a lot. And then moving forward, way forward, um, my last shop, I actually, I, I like driving buses. I just something about a bus. I love them. And so, um, driving buses for other people and working on buses. Um, well, let me back up, uh, because in 2008, mm-hmm. I had a shop off of Ben White, 2008, 2009, 2010. Um, uh, there was a company called R&R Buses, and I worked on his bus. I drove part-time, once again. <laughs> at night? I, at night. <clears throat> at night, and some, some day trips I did. Uh, just, I just moved my schedule around. And then I became, he had, I saw a need, he had a, he needed, I actually was driving a bus and it broke down. And so when it broke down, I actually, uh, told the guy, uh, well, he knew I was a mechanic because it was on my application. And so I told him exactly what's wrong with it. And so mm-hmm. he was like, well, can you fix it? Well, I mean, I don't have tools. And so anyway, they took to a shop. And so he actually, the owner actually came pick me up and our conversation was, uh, um, man, I, you, you need a mechanic. And so, but we had to work out, you know, it's always about money. You know, how much you going to pay me? Uh, or, you know, is it going to be worth my while? And so anyway, we worked it out and I became a full-time mechanic at his place. I was the only mechanic for, we had, we started off with probably 20 something buses. And at, when I left there, we had like over 70, over 80 buses. So were you there? Full time or just as needed? No, I was there full time. So were you still doing your own things? Actually, uh, yes and no. Somewhat because I'd worked way too many hours. I was about to say, if you were full time, yeah, I couldn't. Doing it's, I mean, cause I mean, the, I, I work almost two full time jobs. Most of my hours was 80 hours a week. And so I didn't have time to do anything else. I yeah. just kind of dropped everything. This was after, um, uh, 2008, when the economy went, took a real big mm-hmm. dump. Um, this was after that. And so I was like, I actually kind of put Fast Eddie's on hold. Um, but one unique thing is right when I was leaving my shop on, uh, in, uh, Ben White, uh, and, uh, this one could, this is right when Katrina hit. I think that was like 2010. I think is what, uh, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, one interesting thing is, uh, they had a big disaster, of course, in New Orleans that Hurricane mm-hmm. took out, you know, basically, um, New Orleans. And so they were hauling FEMA trailers, those RV trailers that were hauling them there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, my brother actually, I have a twin brother. Um, he actually, uh, started hauling. He got a gig with this guy. They were hauling. They got a contract on a hundred trailers and they were hauling them to Louisiana. 
Just and supplies or nope the FEMA trails the the, the RV trailers for people to live in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so when he did that, um, he uh, um, I had just uh, I took another job. I know this all this stuff <laughs> may sound crazy, but I need to write a book because it's I can't make this stuff up. That's okay. Diego's taking notes. Did you put the chronological order of all that stuff? <laughs> It, what? It's too much. Lost for, track. It's too much for my brain to even contain. Really, the main thing is beautiful that he's absorbing. That's right. Is Eddie's some crazy hard worker putting in time? Have you absorbed that yet? You I, lost. You lost track. You I don't want. I don't. So much. Yeah, it's way too. Well, much. that's. I mean, that's had to feel gratifying though, taking yeah. those trailers for mm-hmm. people to live in. It, it was. It was because it, when and I, I, I I personally appreciate mm-hmm. it not only for those people. Mm-hmm. But I had an uncle that he was in St. Bernard Parish. Oh, wow. And uh, I told stories where I used to mm-hmm. go to his shrimp boat to work when I was young. Wow. But he lost his boat and his trailer and his life. And that storm, it just it washed it away. Coast Guard was just crushing and dumping any boats that were lost mm-hmm. and canals and, and all mm-hmm. that. And, oh, I'll tell you, this is a crazy story. So... I never verified or looked it up. I should probably mm-hmm. see, but I, mm-hmm. he told me. So you know, what happened is his boat was like sixty-five foot boat. Wow! And I I took you to meet this uncle. You were so tiny. He doesn't what, remember. What? You remember Uncle Jules? You were you were little, but you met him when you were little. Where's he? He's in Louisiana. Yeah. And he uh, the storm hit. FEMA gave him a little bit. He ended up going to El Paso for a little while, stay with some family before mm-hmm. he moved back. But, you know, his boat was his life. It'd be, oh, it'd be as if today a storm hit and Fast Eddie's is rubble. Yes, yes. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every tool. Mm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Gone. Yeah, it'd be a sad man. So that's what happened when he mm-hmm. lost his boat. He couldn't mm-hmm. find it because boats are all over the that's place. Right. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's reaching out and, and people are hustling, saying, oh, it's 1000 to tow your boat out of this random place right. they'd be like nah it's 20,000 you want your boat back and people were getting hurt and hustled wow. and pushed around and they he, um, so he's just at home one day and the news is on and there's a guy next to his house explaining I live in this house I need someone to come here and get this there's a boat next to my house I can, it's, a, it's a destroyed, dilapidated. There's poison, oil, all this stuff next to my family. This boat needs to get out of here. Please help. And then the camera swings over. Right in between two houses in a residential neighborhood is a 65-foot shrimp boat. That's his, his boat. boat. Wow. The name right there, Chris and Shane. Wow. See, and the guy is saying, Coast Guard, anybody, please help me. What? reach out right. to get rid of this boat my uncle immediately calls and says hey that's my boat please you know let me scratch right. some money to right. get it and i'll move it couldn't afford it just bulldoze it straight into just push it off like you know just a pile of trash right. and, and right. keep it moving so he saw that you know they the next day they're like oh update this boat's getting removed and you see it just get shoved wow. and crushed by a big crane just pushing away they, you know, I felt for him so right, bad, right. you know, to, to just see it be right. like, you know, to see someone just squish that. fast right, cities, you know, right, that's right. what it was like for him. So he was destroyed. So 
point, you know, FEMA helped him out. They gave mm-hmm. him enough to get by. There was, right. a, you know, people came down, built him a house mm-hmm. and all that. And, uh, but he got th- that storm hit. So you taking those RVs down there for those people that lost everything, that that's a big deal. It was a really big deal. Um, and even though we got paid to do it, um, even though we got paid to do it, it was not, um, it still was a labor of love because, um, we did probably three or four trailers a week. Go to so, New Orleans and come back. So you'd both take a trailer and how'd yes, you get back? Drove back. So basically we, we use our own personal trucks and we towed the trailers there and then drive back. So basically oh, okay. so like, like camper trailers. Yes, just, camper okay. trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were like, 20 like 24 to 30 feet trailers somewhere okay. in there it depends it's a on good size yeah right, it's a good size so uh i mean it, it wasn't home but mm-hmm. it's a place to lay your head mm-hmm. and so um uh and so we haul them to uh new orleans i forget the parish uh maybe i'll think about it in a minute but it was in new orleans mm-hmm. and uh it was i mean we went there it's just like amazing just like a war zone i mean that's what it looked like to me I mean, you see cars on top of bridges. You see the water line on top of the bridge, and uh, where where just how high the water got. All the cars were the same color, brown, all of them, because then they would crash into each other. You know, it was just submerged on the water, and so it was a it was it was a crazy sight to see. And so, uh, I I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, that type of storm like that. So I can only imagine what your uncle. Um, went through and what he felt and you know the loss is just uh i don't i don't know the two the news or the newspaper ever really could really paint the right picture of what really happened and so um but we saw it kind of firsthand we went in right after the deal and so uh it was something we did that for three months and so uh so i started um transporting those trailers and mm. and uh and then after that um I actually came back and I thought of an idea. I did, I did so well at it. Not, not financially, but I mean, we did make money, but, uh, my point is I did so well hauling them. I just fell in love with RVs. And so, and the people that I was hauling for, uh, the RV place, uh, started hiring me to transport, um, RVs. And so I would kind of go all over Texas and just haul them for personal people, you know, uh, or regular people, not to campsites or just campsites to wherever, to wherever. you know, sometimes rural areas, sometimes, uh, to different, uh, RV parks, sometimes around Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, wherever, you know, people, it amazed me because some people don't have a vehicle to tow them. They live in them, but they don't have a vehicle to tow them. You know, some elderly people, some people in the middle, middle age, whatever, they just don't own a vehicle mm-hmm. to them. That's their place to live, but. They want to go here or there. They don't, you know, want to make the investment to buy a vehicle. So they would call me. And so I did that for a long time. And so I did that actually before I went to, um, or through, uh, all the way through working at Ben White, that shop, mm-hmm. all the way through working for R&R on, on buses. I did that all the way there. And when I went to my open up, uh, my shop in Buda, I did all the way up through that. And so I would do it. It kind of weakened down, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it was another thing to supplement income. That's just really what it was. Not just, you know, I wasn't just trying different things. It's just 
you know, a steady, and you know, one or two or three irons in the fire mm-hmm. to make sure everything was good. So, um, anyway, um, I guess if I had one really good paying job, then I'd be in one spot. But I'm a guy I like to try different things, and so, um, anyway, um, but uh, but yeah. So after that shop, after um, then then I moved to Buter. That's what happened. After I worked uh, at R&R, they, uh, after a while, they said they had, they had no need for a mechanic. So, okay. anyway. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> well, you you fixed all the buses, I so fixed, they're running that, smooth. That's what they, it, think, that, they think it's all good now. I think that's what happened. I think that's like, what everything happened. Everything works great. Everything works Why great. do we have you here? I everything mean, works so good. I put the time in. I'll no, nobody's connecting those two nah, dots. Nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put the time in. I, I, I thought it was, you know, crazy and hilarious, but... Yeah. But anyway, now I got a shop in Buda. I actually had two shops in Buda, a small one. Then I moved to a bigger shop, and I was there for three years. Um, Buda is is a uh, the shop I was at. The, the the problem with the shop, I did good, but it, the visibility was terrible. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it was all kind of off the beaten path. You had to know I was there, and so. Did um, you ever? Is an off track question, but mm-hmm. I know Diego's curious. Did you ever work on any race cars? Rally cars, F1 cars, sports machines. What's the coolest speed machine you ever worked on? Um, well, uh, crazy enough, I love race cars. Um, never worked on any Formula One cars, any like circuit cars you see on TV. But if you go to, we used to go, um, since my kids were little, his age and smaller maybe, we used to go to the racetrack all the time. And so every, I had a friend, the same friend that had a bus, had race cars. He always kept race cars, two or three, um, and motorcycles. He always had, and these were pro stock, um, or they, I'd say pro stock street cars. He had all of those combinations. And so we were always going to the racetrack with him. Did you drive? No, never drove. Idiot. I've been inside a race car. I've cranked them up. I know how they run. Um, I had actually had a bunch of friends, two or three to be specific, um, that, uh, had a race car. And so I used to detail cars when I was like eight, 17 to 19. I used to detail cars. And, uh, this guy had a couple race cars. And so he's keeping in the shop. And, uh, this one car, um, what, what type of cars? Camaro. It? Camaro. He had a Camaro. It was like a, like a IROC Z that year, 80, okay. 90, 80 something, 90, uh, IROC Z. And then he had a, um, a 68 Camaro that was, I mean, uh, this car was probably about a, uh, nine second car. I think, I think those years, those early ones. Yes. After they changed that model, mm-hmm. all the models in between, meh, but this brand new one that came out. We just saw it at WEC mm-hmm. at uh, the track to Le Mans. Yeah. Like the last weekend I took him. And I kept seeing the car. I was like, what is that car? That's not a Ferrari. And I, you know, right. dumb, dumb with me. Like, right. oh, that's the Corvette racing right. team. Or the Camaro racing team. Right. No, it was, a, it was a new Corvette. Right, I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was a Camaro. But that old Camaro right. is, I think, still the only good-looking body. Yep, yep. Uh, but the new Corvette, I think, is the only 
new one mm-hmm. that looks good. Yeah, yeah. They said I think that's the mid-engine one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a friend that's on one or two Corvettes, and so so you were working on your friends. Yeah. The those cars. Yeah. Well, I wasn't working on them. I was you around were just them. Detailing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so um, we had a he had a guy that's really meticulous about you know everything had to be. I mean, of course, in a race car, you going. Six seconds down, six seconds down the track, one hundred ninety something miles an hour. Everything needed to be right, and so. Um, but I was around that. But my other friend, um, I used to just tinker with him on him. Never really, you know, took the engines out, nothing like that. And so, um, but I'm around him enough. I know about him, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, uh, probably, you ask me what's the coolest thing I've worked on. Um, Man, I couldn't tell you. Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. Um, I mean, I worked on some really neat cars. Oh, I can tell you. I just thought about it. The coolest thing I probably have worked on is at this, my current shop. Mm-hmm. There's a friend of mine. He sells cars. He has a 30 something, uh, 40 something Ford, um, uh, with the kind of flared uh, fenders on the front. Um, like it's got 1930s, 1930s. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a hot rod, basically what they can, I mean, this car could go in a magazine easy. Uh, it's got like the chrome mm-hmm. steering wheel. It's got, um, the chrome, uh, knobs on the dash, the, the, the nice brown It's red with nice brown interior, fat wheels on the back. I mean, this car is nice. <laughs> really. It's red, like cherry red and tan on the interior and like the hood. The, I think the, uh, sides of the hood come up like this. Um, so it's a really nice car. That's probably the coolest car I've worked on. And we did like a, the transmission was leaking. So we had to take the transmission leaking and shift it too hard. So we had to take the transmission pan down, change the valve body and put the pan back and fix a couple of seals. That's what we did to this car. And so that's probably the coolest car I've worked on. That's what I want to say. That one. Two of them. That one and a Nomad. We worked on a Nomad. What's a Nomad? So a Nomad is like a. Is it? A, I think it says a Dodge. You're, um, you're almost free, Diego. You have any last questions? Because usually, want to let him hang for a while. No. He's absorbed. I think we've reached his. We and you can keep talking. Yep, yep, yep. But I'm. I'm gonna release yep. you. I want you to say thank you to Mr. Thank Eddie. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's nice to meet you. Later. <laughs> Yeah, you like to keep him in here for about an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, this yeah, is, this is yeah. this is patience training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is an opportunity. I don't think enough kids Mm-mm. listen to grown folks talk. Mm-mm. No, they don't. And I make sure to make this time mm-hmm. not only because I I want him with me. Right, right. These sessions, these little talks, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. It's important. That, that's and right. It's, it's sinking in and it's mm-hmm. remembering because he'll mm-hmm. he'll absorb something from mm-hmm. conversations. You know, mm-hmm. thankfully you're here. Right. I've had a friend that's a, a nuclear physicist. I had a computer engineer in wow. here, rally car driver. Wow. His grandpa telling his past that we never heard. Right. These things he's absorbing a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to register in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, but that's why I want him to just listen because... Mm-hmm. You know, kids, I let him play games, you know, on weekends and stuff, you know, online games, but most of the time he's outside, but I just see there's not enough of that time sit and just listen to good, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, positive conversation. And no, it makes him, I want him to be more curious. Right, right. Because being curious is 
a strong driver. Right, right. You know, just like you, mm-hmm. when you say, okay, I'm working on cars, I got it, I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. What's it like to drive buses? Then mm-hmm. you're driving buses. What, right. Wait, wait, what is it like to work on them? Then you go right. for it. It's right. that curiosity that's mm-hmm. pushing you mm-hmm. to each different level and stage. Right. So that, you know, that curiosity is what, you know, your being here is helping foster right. that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's why I'm happy to do it with them. And when I first started, it was more, uh, you know, we ain't going to be around forever. No. So I want him to, have some moments that, that I can right. listen to when I'm old, That's and, right. you know, and all that. But but him listening to you, he is going to realize when you go somewhere to be more appreciative of people and how hard they work and don't. That's right. You know, there's there's more to it than the eye mm-hmm. than the eye can see. Right. Like, all this you're telling me is blowing my mind. Right. You know, I I feel this obviously it's hard to see it. it. <laughs> I'm Just, getting tired all over again. Because <laughs> you aren't. I mean, you're doing it all, right. and I'm sure you have a very strong wife taking care of the kids and supporting you to you know you each doing one part of Mm -hmm. life together right and you can't do can't do it alone no you can't but it's hard and when you work together and working through all those kinks and Mm -hmm. things and um you know just just having somebody strong at home to hold it down while you were probably out of those nights right right it's crazy because my wife made a comment to that point, my wife made a comment the other day. We were at, I just came home and she was saying that, um, something to the effect that, uh, uh, I work a lot or something like that. And so I, for some reason, you know, uh, it was, it was a joke and a fact mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, it's kind of hard to get those two to go together. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, the joke was, and it was a fact was that, I was beside the refrigerator at that time and uh-huh. she was telling me this and she was sitting on the couch and I, and I, and I just happened to glance at the refrigerator. And uh-huh. so on my refrigerator, on the side of my refrigerator, we collect magnets. Okay. We go to a different state. We go to a different town. We get a magnet. And so my joke was, you know, I'm looking at the side of the refrigerator and the side of the refrigerator tells me that what you're telling me um, yes, I do work a lot. I said, but there's no way I can get all these magnets if I didn't take time with you. There's no way. And you and the kids. I says, yes, I've worked this hard. Yes, but we have all these magnets approved. I've done other things, not just work. And so she said, you're right. And I'm, I'm guessing you didn't get those magnets on solo voyages. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, I've been working hard. I'll see y'all later. I'm going to Montana. That's for a right. Week. That's right. Now, some, I will admit, very few, not many, uh-huh. very few, yes, I did get by myself. But the majority of them, it was family time. And so. Just um, you and your wife, or would you take some with her and some with the whole, with the all, kids? All the time was just, uh, uh, all of us all the time. Uh, very few, I mean, like anniversaries, we taken, like our 20th year anniversary, we took a 10 day trip to, uh, California. Okay. We drove from Austin. Las Vegas, went to California. We, we stayed in Las Vegas for four days, went to California for another four days, took our time coming back. So, um, it was a nice time. So some of those magnets, uh, but a lot of them from family time, you know, just go different places. So what, you just take RV and take everybody or uh, just drive a car, stay in a hotel. Um, uh, we never, uh, as a family, never took an RV anywhere. Um, some bus trips, um, even on my current bus or 
or the buses I've driven for other companies, some bus trips. So, um, but yeah, it proved out. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, speaking of that, so I'm checking, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook real quick, you know, and then I see, which I didn't know, mm-hmm. I was I was not aware mm-hmm. that you not only fix drive buses, but you got your own bus line. Yes. And I mm-hmm. saw the photos of Banks yep. bus lines yep. and the you know, beautiful picture mm-hmm. of you and your family yep. with yep. the trip to Trailer Lights. Yeah. You took yep. your whole family yep. on your own bus. Yeah. How good I just like how good does that feel? It felt great. It I felt, had to feel so yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. It I felt see. really great. And the deal is the trip part is another joke. In fact, we need a bus <laughs> to take our family. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it did look like mm-hmm. a big family. Yeah, yeah, we had we did not have an empty seat, <sighs> and that was that's not even everybody. We did not have an empty seat. Some people didn't. My brother wasn't there. And so that bus seats 49, it's called 49 plus one, which is 50. But, uh, um, plus one is there's a jump seat right at the front. And oh, the so, little right where the steps are? Yep, right where okay. the steps are. So there's a, it's a seat right there. It's a comfortable mm-hmm. seat, but it's really for a tour guide. And so, okay. um, anyway, but somebody had to sit there. And so it was crazy because my son was, we were playing like Christmas carols. So my son was the DJ for that. So. <laughs> Anyway, and there's a microphone there. So, um, but we had a great time. We had a really great time. A uh, lot of good memories on the bus. Uh, I just love it. I just love my whole deal, I guess, in life is I just like serving people. You know, I like seeing people be comfortable. And, and, and that's what I enjoy about the bus is when I drive a bus, the number one thing that I can tell if I'm driving good is Let's, let's say I'm going from here to San Antonio, here to Dallas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Number one, the number one, um, testament to my driving skills is the chatter that I hear, the people talking, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 30 minutes, 45 minutes in the trip, <laughs> silence. Everybody's passed out. Everybody's passed out. I said, Oh yeah, I know I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good because people are comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about driving. You're driving a bus. People need to feel confident in the driver that they care about the bus. Driver not only cares about his life, but mm-hmm. theirs too. And so, um, the number one person you need to care about is yourself. No, no man wants to ever hurt himself. And so why mm-hmm. would you want to hurt other people? So you need to be conscious of that. So in driving, that's my passion. Is uh, I love to see that people come, pull people laugh and talking, you know, walking about in the in the bus, whatever. I know they feel safe, and so I want I want to give that presence in the way I drive, not just in me. They don't just trust me; mm-hmm. they trust that hey, I'm paying attention to the road. I see that they say, "Man, do you see it? Yeah, I see him. That's why I'm slowing down." So you yeah. must all this driving. You must be an extremely patient person on the road. One guy, I'm I, I I've I've learned that. From coming from other people, but yeah, I've learned to be even more patient because one other thing I like to do, I like to ride a motorcycle. And so I have a motorcycle. And so, um, you have to be patient. You definitely have to be patient, especially nowadays. Um, because, uh, people in a hurry, you know, they have to get to work or just people in a hurry. And so you have to be patient. And so, especially driving a bus, there's one wrong move. I mean, you got too many lives in your hand. So, um, it's important. Very important. Yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I'm pretty patient cause I'm usually mm-hmm. just listening to a podcast, yep. cruising home. Mm-hmm. People are like, you know, swinging around me, slamming the brakes oh, yeah. and I'm just chilling. I'm mm-hmm. moving along. 
And I always think somebody, you know, I mean, they'll cut in all of a mm-hmm. sudden, pop out of nowhere. Speed demons going crazy. And I'm thinking, you're rushing uncontrollably fast to go home, doing all this crazy stuff. You're probably just going to go home, turn on Netflix. That's it. What is so important? What are you risking your life and everybody else's life to go do right now? That's right. You're obviously not an ambulance. Mm -mm. No. So what are you doing? (laughs) No sirens. No sirens. I see no lights. That's right. Uh, But it just reminds me, oh, yeah, I need to just chill out, be more patient, you know. That's right. And when I do, and it tells me, you know, I don't want to be quick to judge. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, if I'm saying that, then it snaps me out of like. That's right. Okay, well, then when I get home. Right. What am I going to do? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's right. Then it reminds me when I walk in this door. Mm -hmm. Try and be there. Right. Really be there. Right. For right. the kids and you right. know, the family and that's right. pay attention and pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we don't we don't watch TV. Yeah. We don't really turn on I mean we listen to music all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. But you realize it kind of really cuts it does. in between that I mean little slivers of mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. that won't even be accessible unless yeah. you kind of cancel distractions. That's right. And I slowly been trying to remove whatever's distracting mm-hmm. me, trying to eliminate it so it doesn't come in between important my times. important times. That's right. Know? That's right. And being, with, you know, it's it's so tiny because you know I want him to have time to play the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then That's you know, right. time with the misses. Mm-hmm. Got to find one on one time. With him. I got, got a daughter. To. I got to have time That's with her. Right. You know, everybody mm-hmm. needs one on one, and then That's we right. need crisscross. But if we're introducing phones and TVs or whatever. Mm-hmm distractions mm-hmm. that's voluntarily inviting distractions right so i slowly started being, oh what am what's i don't want things to come in between us mm-hmm. so i just kick on some music yes right and we're just hanging out that's right it's better you know? i i don't i'm a personal fan of not watching tv people you know some of my friends hey man see this movie you know and i kind of joke with them, man i'm sorry man but i just i can't you know i i, I don't waste my time doing that and so I guess you got to have a balance too. You know right. what I mean? You can't, I can't just spend all my time working, but at the same time, it's kind of what I enjoy. And it's, it's not so much, I don't consider what I do really work. I hate to say that, but it's just the truth. Um, it's kind of what I enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, I have other things that I like to do. I have other interests, mm-hmm. you know, that I, um, that I'm into, but, um, but I don't spend a lot of time doing other things other wasteful things you know mm-hmm. uh, especially like watching TV I don't <laughs> I don't I don't watch TV um, and so I couldn't tell you a show on TV I couldn't and so um, it's not I'm not against anybody who does watch TV it doesn't matter but it's just not what I do but uh but I understand you know important times you gotta pick times okay this today I'm gonna do this today I'm gonna do that you know you gotta pick mm-hmm. these times because life will slip away, especially kids. They grow up, you know, and uh, and you can't. I mean, you can't. Um, you're not gonna get it just right every time, but you gotta give it your best shot. That's what I can say. And so, uh, sometimes I think about, man, did I work too much? Man, did I not do this? But then, um, my kids will come to me, or not even my kids. You know, I remember uh, we do this. Uh, uh, outdoor school um, for Maplewood. And they um, go and, and, and teach them, man, we really appreciate you. You call it me and my brother, the Banks Boys. Uh-huh. We really appreciate the Banks Brothers because um, they always have 
checking our luggage and I'm, I'm thinking, I had to think back. I said, man, sometimes you do so much, you forget. And so that's what <laughs> happened. So we took kids to the outdoor school and they didn't have, now we take them on my bus. But before we started out, me and my brother in our trucks and trailers and we load all the luggage on the trailer. They go there for three days to the outdoor school. That's cool. Diego, his school, they do an outdoor school. Okay. They just did it. They do it twice a year. Okay. Outdoor school camp trip. Yep. That's what it is. And so I think this one is in, uh, Marble Falls. Uh, it's called the outdoor school. I, believe. I think that's where they went. Yeah. Probably so. They have, I think they have a lake and all this, uh, rock climbing and all this stuff, but really neat adventure. And so, uh, anyway, we've been doing it for many years. And so it just reminds me of, you know, yes, I worked hard. Yeah. But I've taken, I remember taking, I had a little drop top Mercedes 300 SL mm-hmm. and, uh, they had, uh, not back to school, but that like, uh, um, uh, kind of like a not teacher's day, but a career day. Okay. And so I took my car over there. He said, we need a mechanic. Come on. Oh, I know the perfect <laughs> person. So I took my car over there and had the top down, had the hood up. And, oh, man, it was blast. The only thing I was worried about is it's the black car with a tan interior and a black top. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. <laughs> That's the only thing I worry about. But I said, well, they can wash off. Lungs don't yeah. scratch, you know. Really nice car. But, yeah, but I had a good time. You know, and so uh, little things like that is important, you know, and so uh, the kids will never forget it. And it and it kind of helps mold the kids um, um, to think uh, outside of the box, not just be in one thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but think outside of the box and learn other people. You don't have to you don't have to soak in or, or uh, take into account. Or use everything that I say or the next person, but they can take a uh, uh, combine mm-hmm. um, things and and use it in their life. But you know they have a broad way of thinking, so I think it's important. So do all kids. do all the kids help you at the shop? No, um, my kids uh, uh, they did. Um, they started off, you know, kind of doing, it, but and that's another thing about um, kids and people. Um, they change, they evolve, they kind of grow out of or grow into, you know, mm-hmm. they grow into this, grow out of that, whatever. And so, um, one, even though I have a family business, um, my wife is involved, my older son is involved. Um, but I never want to pressure my kids. How, how do you do that dance? That's tough. Cause you want, you want to teach them what you, you know, share what mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. but you can't pressure them. That's so, very so your oldest had a liking to it early. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, he actually went to school for it. Um, okay. Both of my sons, kind of like me and my brother was to my dad. My sons were to me. In other words, um, that I had him close by me um, uh, I, when I was working on cars. I have a picture of my oldest son mm-hmm. um, when I first started. I was working with never forget this Toyota truck <laughs> doing a clutch job or transmission. One, it was a clutch job. And I had a, I kept my tools at that time. I would get them out of my little toolbox and put them in a trash can, a little white trash can. Uh-huh. And at this time, he had the white trash can. And I'm up on, I'm laying up on the truck and he's small. So he's up on the truck playing with my tools, but he's right there. And so I have this picture of him doing that. And so, um, I kind of brought him up, you know, just working on cars, of mm-hmm. course, right there at home. And, uh, and so they saw me do a lot of things. Hey, son, I need to bleed the brakes. Can you come pump the brakes? And they got uh-huh. beat him to pump the brakes, pump the brakes before I got a one man bleeder 
<laughs> a little small too, but it sure helps. And yeah. so, uh, anyway, um, pump the brakes or hold this or jack this jack up while I'm doing this or, or jack the hoist up while I put this engine in, whatever. And so it kind of came up, but at the same time, people over time, they get different interests. And so doesn't mean that they didn't help them mm-hmm. because even though, um, they're not fully in the business, one thing they know is they know how to change oil in their car. I change the tire and I'll do brakes. And so I don't have to do it. And so it helps, you know, but it's, it's a hard juggle because I think years ago, you get this deal, old times kind of thing, uh, father, son, you know, Vic and son, you know, you know, whoever and son, you know, yeah. um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know. It's something I just thought that it would be just great, you know, but it didn't mean that it have to be that way or it didn't mean that it's a bad thing because one thing I thought about the flip side is you want something different to talk about when you're together during holidays we don't all want to talk about cars what's going on at your job what's going mm-hmm. on you know you want to have different topics you know we all don't want to be talking about the same thing so yeah. I kind of thought about it that way but it's a hard juggle you know because the flip side to it on uh, other than that too is like at home with my wife my wife don't want to hear about the shop when I come home because <laughs> she knows I've been there all day mm-hmm. and she don't want me to come home and unload on her. So yeah. it's tough. It's really tough. So do you have, do you do some sort of buffer or something in between downtime routine or anything in between? Okay. Work's over. Let me take a minute. Yeah. Um, and then process yourself. Before yes. You enter the realm of yes. your domain. That's your dominion. right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, one thing I do is I, that's a lot of times the reason why I stay later at the shop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really want to, but one good thing is I don't have to fight traffic going home. I'm two miles from the shop. And okay. so, uh, that helps. Um, so I don't have to worry about rushing home because it's not going to take me long anyway. No matter how slow I drive, mm-hmm. I can walk. It's still, I'm still going to be there in 30 minutes. And so, okay. um, but at 630, um, I kind of wind down at the shop. Um, maybe go over a little paperwork, sit there and just, I look, I like, I'm a Craigslist junkie. And so I go on <laughs> Craigslist, look for free stuff or just look for things that's in my head, whatever. And, uh, look at cars, see if I can find a junk car, just something. And I uh, kind of ease my mind, listen to music or something like that. And, uh, for like an hour and a half, then I go home and I'm good. And so, because some days are really, really challenging, really stressful, especially, um, with like a problem car, mm-hmm. um, a car that you can't really figure out. That's the times I really try to concentrate on cars like that. Uh, I have one that, uh, I'm working on now that, uh, one side of the engine works and one side doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's a V8, but one side is working, one side is not. It's, and it runs. <laughs> it's crazy. But, and so downtime, uh, in, in the evening time, that's when I concentrate on it. And that actually relaxes me. So just digging in and doing that research. Yes. Mm hmm. And then, and then I go home and have a chat with my wife, uh, and, uh, and then sit down and just chill for a minute and then go to sleep and, and sleep on it. And I'm good the next day. And so it's kind of my days, really. Nothing really special. But, and then, and then in the, in the, um, in the, in the, uh, springtime, summertime and fall, I don't really like to do it too much in the in the wintertime, but mm-hmm. I'll go for a ride on my bike. 
or I got an old truck, I'll go drive that, go get a burger or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I do. Where's your favorite burger? Um, Phil's Ice House. Who? Phil's Ice House. Fields. Where's that at? Um, it's on uh, Burnett Road, Burnett and Gaining Lane. Okay. Yeah. Why are they so awesome? Man, uh, the buns. The buns are good and the meat is juicy. And uh, <laughs> they are just good. One thing I like, I'm an onion ring man. I once thought about doing this crazy, maybe it's off the subject, but um, I love onion rings so much. It's not a restaurant I go to. If they have onion rings, I've, I've tried them. Really? Yes, really. I don't care if it's a brand new restaurant. If they have onion rings, so I'm going to try them. Fields has the best onion rings too? They have really good onion rings. Not the best. I'm not, they're good. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say they're the best because another place I'm thinking about, they probably have the best ones. Um, but I, I, but I, it's hard to say what's the best one. They are really good. They are really, they have good sweet potato fries is what I really like too. Um, but they have really good burgers. They're always hot and juicy. They're good. Um, first time I had them, I was like, man, I mean, the meat is good. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm not really a big cheese person, mm-hmm. but uh, but a little cheese on the burger is really good. It's just really good. Yeah, I don't know if you've tried it yet, but right down the street, there's a place called Daidui. You know mm-hmm. that restaurant? Mm-mm. Haven't it's, heard. It's right down the street. Mm-hmm. They took it off the menu. I got mad at them for taking it off. Daidui on Mainer Road. On Mainer. Yes, I've seen it. I know it's talking. They about used that. to have a wild boar burger. Wow, that was the most flavor infused magical. Majestic type wow. of is the best burger I've ever had ever. Why did it they is, take it off the menu? I don't know. So now they do like some sort of you know crumble wild boar salad lettuce wrap. It's still tasty, right? Right. But I told them bring that the burger, burger back. back. Yes. Bring it back. It's the yes. best thing y'all had yes. on the menu, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. What's what's happening? Yep. Who do I need to talk to? They're like, yep. calm down, sir. You're not going to get your burger. I said, please, I need it. You need it. <laughs> no, the, but you should. But if they bring it back, you should try it because I try. it's. A, I mean, all their stuff is actually right. really good. Mm-hmm. But that that, in my opinion, was the best I've ever had. I don't know what you know. They have a special homemade. They have all these dry rubs. Wow, really good seasonings that wow. you can get there. Also, I, I have. You know, I've been inside that place. Um, I asked them a question. I don't know what. I can't remember the question I asked them. But when I went inside, I had this great feeling that this, I said, man, this place just well, looks good. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just looks good. And yeah. so um, it's crazy that you mentioned that place because a, a customer of mine, another customer of mine, asked me last week. They wanted to have a, uh, they want to sit down and talk to me about some bus stuff. And okay. so uh, they were like, we can go to Die Dewey. And so I was like, where is that place? If anybody at? says that, you say yes. And so, and so, <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm going to take them up on that offer. Oh, yes. It's like, we're going to even pay for your meal because, uh, they wanted me to do some consulting with them about some bus stuff. Yeah. That, that should be the place people always do. I felt honored. Yeah. I felt honored to even go. And so anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to push this event up. So make sure we can go. So <laughs> I'm excited to go just to taste it. But, um, but, um, another thing I like to do is I like to barbecue. When I have time, you so, smoke or smoke. You, mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do the pellets? No, um, I use wood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pecan or oak. That's what I use. Is there a wood guy you go to? Like a specific- my brother. Yeah. Yeah, my brother. He unique thing. He sells firewood. Um, he's just like me. We do all kind of stuff. <laughs> where Where does he go get it? Um, Bastrop, Cedar Creek. Uh, there's a guy in Bastrop. 
close to Smithville that he goes and get this all he got does he um uh splits wood. And does, he, does he grow those trees specifically for um, firewood? No, I don't think he grows them. He, I don't know how he acquires it, but he gets a lot of wood. I mean, he he distributes it, you know, to a lot of people. But he has this huge machine that splits it and loads it at the same time. Whoa! Yeah, and so uh, anyway, my brother goes out there. And he buys like cords of wood at a time. Oh, wow! And so um, and uh, he go right here on three sixty and sell the firewood. So how big is the the firebox? Um, not that big. Uh, but it'll hold probably four or five pieces. That's pretty big. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, you only need. I mean, I'm talking about pretty big pieces, not mm-hmm. just twigs. But uh, but uh, what I like to cook mostly is chicken, chicken and ribs. We have this unique way that we cook chicken that I guarantee you, if you ever taste the chicken, you'll love it because it's. It's so tender. It's just tender and juicy, and 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 all the time when we the way we cook this chicken, you just you just pull the bone right out. Really? Yeah, you don't have to you know wrestle with how, it. How many hours are you smoking it? Um, roughly, I say uh, three or four hours, something like that. Um, but the trick is we smoke it three or four hours and we wrap it and. Believe it or not, after we wrap it, we put it in foil paper, of mm-hmm. course, and then put an ice chest. Not on ice, just just the just ice in chest. In ice chest, empty yeah, ice chest. Because ice chest is insulated, so it mm-hmm. keeps up hot or cold. And so it's put in ice chest, especially if we couldn't cook in large amounts. Either that or put an oven on two hundred. So how long do you let it rest before you say, okay, it's? Um, so you normal- take it out, put it in the ice chest, and you're going to let it rest for how long before it's ready to eat? Uh, well, if we're cooking a lot, I don't know, another two or three hours. That long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just staying hot. It's not yeah. like getting cold. It's mm-hmm. staying hot. And so it's just really marinating. And when you take it out, you don't even need, you don't need nothing. It's hard to cut it. It's just that tender. That's how I like it. I'll give it a try because I don't like chicken. Oh, really? I've been, I've been, uh, kind of lately, last two, three years, I've been, mm-hmm. you know, pulled away from, Mostly beef, chicken, and pork right, here and there, right. but I really right. move more to venison and okay, wild game. Got you, right? It's better for and you anyway. I feel better mm-hmm. about it, you know. Right, There's a whole right. conversation on that right, stuff, but right. I really like the taste, mm-hmm. and I feel I literally feel better on it. And I don't get a lot of it because it's hard to come by. Yep, it is. It's expensive if yep. you're not sourcing it yourself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So my family up north, I get it from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would I would try your chicken. Right, it's got to be pretty majestic. Oh yeah, because yeah. typically I I mean that's the Don't one thing I usually nah. stay away from chicken. Yeah, wow. I had a in the homestead. I had mm-hmm. some very not cooked through chicken as a child. Oh, no, it scars you. Oh, when you it open does. up chicken and there's it does. It's sad. Yeah, Un- mm-hmm. you could still see it's not cooked yeah. in there, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm supposed to eat this. You're mm-hmm. trying to me. I can't go to bed mm-hmm. unless I eat this uncooked, mm-hmm. disgusting chicken. No, no, Mm-mm. not happening. No more. No, it's scar- <laughs> scarred me deep. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. You can feel it. Yeah, oh yeah, I can feel it. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I have yeah. one. I have one uh, friend. She doesn't eat chicken, and uh, 
But it's crazy because, I mean, it's just, I don't know why she don't eat chicken, but she don't. But I yeah. mean, it's crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't care if, if, uh, uh, to try to force her to eat chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it reason why I'm, uh, it's crazy. I say it's crazy for her because she looked like she eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, uh, but she don't like chicken. She says it's disgusting. And so I said, okay, that's good enough for me. And so, um, I like chicken, uh, but at the same time, you know, that's one thing I'm thinking about too is, um, one person asked me the other day about, and this may be off the subject, but one person asked me the other day about, uh, just different type of foods. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but my father has cancer. Mm-hmm. And so one person asked, man, where is the, where, where does this cancer come from? You know, and, 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 and you was speaking about venison and wild boar and that. And so that's the one thing that the doctor was recommending too. Really? Yeah. Is, uh, is, uh, more wild game, not, you know, like, uh, steer away from, of course, a lot of beef, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And so, um, it just made me think. It just made me think because, I mean, uh, it, the point was, uh, I told this kid, which my dad told me this, send the food. You know, that's where it derives from pesticides and just different things. It's, um, it's sitting in the food. It's sad to say that, but it is. And so, um, I mean, I don't know how you can get around it, but I, but flip side is even if you ate other stuff, I mean, doesn't mean you can't get it. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean you're not going to get cancer, but I guess you may lessen your chances. You know, I don't know. That's, that's been a, a huge, part of my thinking you know mm-hmm. so, you know basically when i moved back to texas because mm-hmm. i grew up here in okay South Austin. i, I actually grew up kind of near first in william cannon okay gotcha. so, right. you know grew up on the same mm-hmm. what you know it's just it was just sandwiches right. and ramen right uh bologna with the red yeah. thing on the outside <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah just gallons yeah. of milk yeah and and the government cheese we had the mega blocks mm-hmm. that wick would give us and maybe some cereal mm-hmm. uh the only vegetables i knew of were canned green beans and yeah, corn yeah i was like oh man it's veggie night yeah yeah <sighs> that's not veggie. Yeah. so yeah anyways fast forward you know i you know we we're living in california right before mm-hmm. we moved here and, yeah. you know my daughter was born like let's let's go home mm-hmm. you know my home right right and uh, raise the kids here because yeah. I, I wanted more time with them. Right, right. And so, you know, we're like, hey, well, you're, you're not going to have a job. So my wife, as a wife does, well, yeah. you better go get checked out now. Mm. All the doctors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Doing some maintenance, yeah. just right, like a car. Right, right, right. Maintenance right. on exactly. the body. Yeah. Let's go do a tune-up. Mm-hmm. A foot doctor, head doctor, yeah. physical, all the right. specialists. Right. And uh, I had this real funny... Uh, I love them. It was my, uh, it was my Asian doctor. He's from China. He was mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I would always go in there and he'd always be like, uh, he's like, man, I was maybe 20 pounds heavier mm-hmm. than I am now. Mm-hmm. This dude just like smack my stomach and be like, you're fat. Yeah. I'm I've like, been hey, told man. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. I exactly. got feelings. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's exactly. like, you, your triglycerides are crazy. Wow. He's like, you better stop eating what you're eating yeah. and figure it out. Right. I'll see you later. 
And I was like, man, what am I? I never really, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm kind of eating. Right, I was right. just eating whatever. Right, I eat right. everything, all of it, all the yeah, time. That's right, what I, that right. was my, what I did. Right. So that began before we moved. I said, okay, well, I really got to mm-hmm. make some changes. Yeah. Because I got rampant, you know, diseases on the other, you know, right, my right. side family, like all right. of them. Wow. Uh, so I said, okay, well, I better make some changes before. Because mm-hmm. things take time to yeah, turn around. That's true. You know? That's true. You're right. So, you know, it's been here and there just slowly get better, mm-hmm. you know, trying to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. So now, like I said, when I, when I get the venison, when I can, mm-hmm. mo- you know, almost all wild game pretty mm-hmm. much. And veggies, there's a farm called JBG Organics. Mm-hmm. It's a farm that's been in East Austin for like 50 years. Right, right. Never heard of a farm. Right, no. I've been here right. my, longer than I've been alive. Wow. Never heard of it until wow. I'm 39 years old. Wow. From my kids. Yeah. Uh, their gardening teacher mm-hmm. said, okay, you should, you, you should eat local yeah. organic stuff. Right. We're in Austin. This is an extremely healthy place. And so I pick up a box of veggies kind of mm-hmm. close by work where right. we're at. Right. So I know the veggies I get are grown. Right. Close right. here. Healthy. If I do get wild, wild game, I eat that. Mm-hmm. And, that was the beginning, and, right. and it's it's like it takes you on a voyage of yeah. okay, well, let me pay more attention, attention. to right. everything, everything, now. right? And I'm like, what am I feeding my kids? Mm-hmm. It, it, do, I, do I feel bad? I'm giving them right. this cereal, right. that, right. that you're not supposed to be, you know. Right. It begins, and you can't you can drive yourself mm-hmm. crazy. Yep, is the you point. Can. Exactly. But paying more attention to okay, when are the kids acting crazy? Mm-hmm. Silly enough to be like. Right. Did you drink water today? Right. No. I bring, I have their water bottle. Right, I have evidence. Right, Did right, you drink water at right. school? So we went to the special uh, functional mm-hmm. doctor and they said, they gave us some real thir- you know, thorough blood tests. Right. They said, like for my daughter, like she's just not drinking water. And so he said, we never pay attention. Yeah. So we told her like, hey, you drink your whole thing, you get a star mm-hmm. and you get enough stars, you get right. a prize, all that. Right. Now she'll drink a big bottle of water. It's like night and day. Mm. So happy, feeling good. Yep. yep. I'm like, it I checked that water. I just checked the water bottle. She drank the whole thing. Wow. When she's like a little testy, moody, right, little right, cranky, right, right. I check full water. Mm-hmm. It really messes it with dip. your mood. Yep. You don't drink enough mm-hmm. of that stuff. You get That's dehydrated. Right. You don't mm-hmm. realize it. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking, okay, well, it's just all the little things, little right. by little. Right. And it, and this, and I'm trying to tell Diego before that your body, this is this is your vehicle. That's right. It is. This this is my only vehicle mm-hmm. to drive and explore the world. That's right. To do everything. This right. this everything is my ride. Do, right? This is my car, my bus, <laughs> That's my right. camper. That's right. If this thing breaks down, you have nothing. You you got to go to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Go That's to right. the doctor. That's exactly. Go right. to the body mechanic. Right. We're gonna take you right. open, right. fix the parts, right? <laughs> put, put it back, it back together. together. That's right. But. This vehicle have being maintained is gonna allow you to explore all of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's the it is a deciding factor on what vacation you're gonna take, That's right. on what you're gonna do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's your determining factor for what you're gonna do after work, That's right. for work. That's right. Everything's dependent mm-hmm. upon this body that you're That's floating right. in, right? You exactly know? right. And I didn't even think of that right until you know. 
he's over here smacking my stomach mm-hmm. you know and i'm like yeah i guess i should make some you know right. and it was hard i mean it's not like it's like it's okay really hey, hard. go ahead and change your whole life mm-hmm. yeah no <laughs> it's really hard because things are routine so you just mm-hmm. get embedded you know and it, you know i'm not perfect by any right, means right, any exactly. standards right i know what you mean you know yeah. I just trying to pay more attention, right, right, and and learn, mm-hmm. you know, and then teach in a in a way that's understandable, right. for myself right. first, mm-hmm. before I and not too hard for your kids, and then the more I learn mm-hmm. about anything, like people say, the more I realize how little I know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, so I get, and when I have problems, I think of people like you, and you personally, I think. Whatever I think is a big problem, I think, man, Eddie's problems are way bigger than mine. <laughs> He's got way more on the table. You're a business owner, you're you know a parent, father, every right. you know parent, son, cousin, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's a lot. All that, mm-hmm. and on top of running all that, yeah, I think I can't complain. Yeah, you got you got bigger things going on, so I got to check myself and not complain. Just kind of do it and realize there's people got. More problems like yourself, yeah. and you handle it with. Mm-hmm. It seems very graciously. Yeah. You know, you're very modest I try for very as much hard. as you do. You know, <laughs> right? Very humble, but mm-hmm. you know, you have achieved and are achieving yeah. a lot. Yeah. It seems like nothing. Sometimes I be honest. I be honest. I go. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's because I'm still hands on with cars. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's what it is. But a lot of days I feel like I haven't done anything. You know, I guess. I don't try to put me and my mom. We have this joke. My grandfather, he was actually a mechanic. He worked on uh, Volkswagens. That's all he worked on was Volkswagens mm-hmm. and uh, old Volkswagens. And uh, he uh, uh, um, used to say this saying, I'm not trying to be Mr. It. You know what I mean? So uh, and so that's my point. I'm not trying to be Mr. It. I'm not trying to be anybody. But at the same time. I'm humbled by what I'm doing, what I am doing at this point. I'm humbled by it. And so, uh, but it does mean a lot, you know, it means a lot for people to, to notice it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, but it's, it's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I get it. And it's one thing that, and, and, you know, um, to your point about food and stuff like that, uh, man, that's one thing that, uh, that I hope to do if I could change anything with what I'm doing currently, um, is really, uh, get the help that I need. And so that I can really take more time for myself. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really want to do because it's important. You know, I, I want to be around as long as, you know, I can. And so, but I want to, but I also want a good quality of life too, because you're right. This body is a vehicle. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and it determines a lot. You know, if you don't feel well, if you can't move around, you can't, you want to go rock climbing, but you just don't have the strength, you know, how, whatever it is, mm-hmm. can't do it. You know, so you want to go on vacation, but you're sick, can't do it. You know, so, uh, uh, does, you're right. It, it makes a big difference. So I don't want to just be fit for work. I want to be fit to relax. That, yep. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You Cause know? you don't, you don't want to relax wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly right. You know people that relax wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know you're not about, even doing it right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not even doing. You don't even know how to relax. And so my wife actually taught me that how to relax, That's how good. to chill. You know what I mean? She she really taught me that because I I used, I used to even 
uh, didn't even like to sleep. Yeah, I was just used to hate sleep. I'm like, man, but now I enjoy it. I don't sleep a lot, but whatever sleep I do get, I enjoy going to bed, getting my rest. And so, um, but yeah, three, two to four hours is all I used to get in sleep. And so now it's more like five or six. So that's good. So a whole lot better. And sometimes I get about eight hours, seven and a half, eight. That's good. You know, so I don't need more than that because I'll be bouncing off the wall, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I always tell people, man, I don't need an alarm clock to wake up. I wake up and say, how come you haven't went off yet? <laughs> it's crazy. So you wake up your alarm clock? Yeah, I wake it up. <laughs> man, it's 5.13. Man, I'm supposed to get up at 5.30. And I lay there. And so, um, but, uh, but other than that, you know, it's good, man. I, I really enjoy I just I just enjoy life, you know. I enjoy whatever comes my way. You know, you just have to roll with the punches, so to speak. Yeah. You know? And so it's not always easy, you know, but it's not always hard. And so you just have to kind of, my, kind of my goal in life as a person, not wouldn't say it's a goal, but one thing that I go by is I don't want to ever be, I mean, you know, some days you just really, really, you know, on a scale of one to 10, you might be at a 10, like really happy. Everything's going great. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I kind of, even if that's happening, I, I, bring myself down to about a six at the highest. Um, and, and even if things are bad, I try to keep, my, don't let myself go down to a one. That's mm-hmm. terrible. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but somewhere around maybe a four. Got to have a medium because mm-hmm. to me, if you're too happy to whatever, then you can't see something coming. And if you're too low, then if something good happened, you can't see it. And so you won't be thankful. So I'll just try to keep it right there. So, you know, it's kind of how I gauge it. But, but it works out. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you're a leader of your house, you're mm-hmm. a leader at work. Mm-hmm. What's, what's some approaches that you have in how to get it, encourage people to work to the level, you know, it's almost like no one's going to work as hard as yeah. you. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to feel good about what they do? Because I remember in jobs when I was like, uh, whatever, I'm just getting this check. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm, care. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And it's terrible. I mm-hmm. made my life hard by not caring. Mm-hmm. And then there was a shift. I had a, a friend who's a close friend now mm-hmm. just say, you know, whatever he said, for, you know, kind of snap mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. You know, take, take some ownership of what you yeah. do. I don't care mm-hmm. what you're doing. Right, right. And, uh, I was, in a shipping room with ship tape and mm-hmm. film. And then all of a sudden I was looking in this teeny tiny office and I thought, Oh, well this is, this is right now. This is my job. Yep. This is my space. Mm-hmm. I'm a tiny piece in this puzzle, mm-hmm. but I'm a piece of it. Right. And the day I decided to, you know, take some ownership, mm-hmm. be on top of everything, mm-hmm. got myself organized, showed up <laughs> within a month. They're like, you know what? Um, we're gonna have you. It just it was like the promotion came immediately. Wow. They're like, oh, he's, oh, you got it now. Like mm-hmm. you're you're finally mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And then so now I try to remember. Okay, when I go to work, I try and still approach it like the early days. Right. I try and try and be where you know to go in there and not be like I got the whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all basically taking it for granted. Right. Right. Go in there, dress. Dress for work, right. be there right. for work, and then mm-hmm. do the work. I feel right. like it's the best thing I can do for mm-hmm. who I work for. So how do you 
encourage that with people that you have, like your techs or whoever, mm-hmm. to get them to to try and work, keep that work ethic up. Without without hammering them every oh, yeah. day, micromanaging. Get to yep. work and mm-hmm. check, you know, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. Um. Well, one one way. First thing is I lead by example, and it's 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 almost a saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. And so, um. But at the same time, um. The number one thing I try to do besides lead by example is um uh not encourage the word I'm looking for is uh praise mm-hmm. praise my employees um even when something's not done exactly like I want it done but I encourage them by just saying hey man I really appreciate you doing x y and z um and what you did that was a great idea or uh or Man, I, I really appreciate you, uh, um, help me do this. Thank you for answering that phone call. And this is why, you know, you did this and this is why we have that. Um, or man, nobody can do this job like you, you know, um, I think that's the way because some people are just self starters and some people are, are just self motivated and really motivated and really encouraged and they come in and they just do it. And some people see, the need and they own take ownership, but sometimes it takes people a while, mm-hmm. and and part of this because of maybe the way a company or a business is ran, you know. But I try to show that man, I, I'm deeply invested into this place, and and this is everything for me, and so um, I try to get people to do that, and and then let them make some, you know, don't come behind them and say. Uh, like when you're doing something, don't try to do the job. You know, it's, it's kind of hard in, in, in my deal. Cause I, don't, I mean, I don't have that many employees. You know what I mean? So, uh, if they're doing something, I may just jump in. I used to do that a lot. And so now I don't, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Let them know that's your job. Just like, um, the other day, my secretary, which is my sister came to me and said, Hey, uh, somebody had a problem with, uh, a payment. And they didn't have all the, money or whatever mm-hmm. and so she came to me and told me about said you know what that's once i hand you the paperwork that's your job meaning that whatever you decide i'm okay with it and so that made her feel really good because mm-hmm. she she knows that she's gonna make sure that um she knows that her uh, paycheck derives from customers paying <laughs> you know what I mean? The shop actually functioning. that's right. where paychecks come from so if she have enough people that owes her money, not her, but the company money, she may not get a paycheck. That's not going to happen right. because I'm going to take better care of her. But at the same time, you can't do that in business. And so, uh, my point is, is that I let her take ownership of that. And so she's going to man that job. And so it makes her feel better about it. So anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, the first thing is, is you gotta lead by example. That's the very first thing you, you gotta lead by example. You gotta, um, I'm going to come in uh, on time. I'm going to be there and be consistent. You know, if I'm consistent, then maybe they'll grow. And then flip side to it, some, everybody's not going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it. Some people just never will. You know, maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they, And then uh, uh, I guess the last thing I want to say about that topic is um, I find the strengths. Because it's too easy to find things that you don't like about an employee mm-hmm. or 
it's, it's so easy just with anything people can see uh the bad things but what are the good things what are they good at and you pull that and then the the other things that may it may be bad right now but it's just because it's it's like right there in your face but but you can pull those strengths and make then they can then they may see they can work on their deals and then just so you pull you pull the positivity into pull the, the positivity you said instead yes. of letting the good things get eclipsed by these tiny things that's right that's right because it's, it's too easy to find fault in anything whatever it is you know that's uh, a very unique skill yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, but but I but I've learned that you know find out what their strengths are and then grasp that and then once you do that then um, it'll work for you and them because they'll learn too. Hey, you know, and it, well, one thing I notice is, and just like a kid, children, um, being a parent, same thing. It's too easy to find that, man, this kid don't do this, or kid don't do that. Um, uh, I'm gonna use my youngest son, for example, a kid don't do this. Uh, man, his room is look like, I tell him all the time, what, I said, what hurricane is it this week? <laughs> Katrina was already passed. Paul is gone. Uh, 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 Judith went away. Uh, whatever. Which one is it this week? Cause your room is a disaster. And so, uh, but the same kid, he's my youngest kid. He's taller than all of us. He's my youngest kid. He comes home from work. Uh, he's going to school too. Comes home from work and school. Um, he's out of high school. He's going to, uh, college. And so, comes home he'll give me a hug and so i have a hard day's work you just come give me a hug and so you know stuff like that he's 22 years old but stuff like that it i don't even care <laughs> you know he might call me hey dad you you need me help or can i bring you something to eat or something like that so all that other stuff you know just forget about just that. forget about it. it's i mean it's yeah it's important yes i want you to keep your room clean but it's not the end of the world yeah it's it's a point of uh, sort of similar to that respect. I was mm-hmm. listening to somebody speak about that. And then in the kids' rooms here, mm-hmm. you know, we're usually pretty organized right, in there. Right, but, right, um, uh, when it is messy. Yeah, yeah. Instead of me saying it's messy, mm-hmm. like you said, I'll find this part of the room that is clean. Right. Cause there's a part in that's it that's right. good. And I say, this spot right here, this looks great. Right. That looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I walk away. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do any more. Right. Nope. All of a sudden, because I pointed out what's good, right. all the other stuff got taken care of without me asking. Care of, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's a little mental gymnastics mm-hmm. or jujitsu, yep. whatever that's you want right. to call it. And it totally yep. worked. Generally, people and, know. And, and mm-hmm. I, it was very impressive. And mm-hmm. I don't... I, Definitely not, not 100% yeah, all the yeah, time. I understand. <laughs> but when I remember to do that, mm-hmm. it's so much easier. Yep, yeah, it is. Think bringing the hammer yeah, yeah, down. That's right. Exactly. You're a messy mm-hmm. pig or yeah. whatever. No, mm-hmm. if I say, hey, this this little spot looks great. That's right. I like that. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe yeah. the maybe on your own, you say, oh, maybe the rest should be that's like right. that. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, until, until he starts making up his own mind, being like, yeah. I'll tell you what looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and that can't happen. Yeah, that's true. Because generally people know, um, even kids know, you know, good and bad. Exactly. I mean, you know, not not all the time, but sometimes they know exactly what what they need to be doing or mm-hmm. what they should be doing and what needs to be done, but won't do it. Generally people know they just don't want you to tell them. And so 
But sometimes people need reminders too, you know. And so, um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Um, I just, you know, it's going back to the original deal. I just lead by example, you know. And uh, I don't expect everybody to be exactly like me because it's not, you know, they don't see, everybody don't have the same vision mm-hmm. that I see. Um, but what I tell them is, man, just if you can just stick with me. I'm, and we're steadily growing. We're steadily getting better. And so if you can stick with me, we'll make things, you know, better. And so, but people have to, ultimately people have to just see it for themselves, you know, because it makes you better. If you, if you, if you take ownership of a job, you actually adding to that particular job or adding to that particular company. Mm-hmm. And, and if everybody pitches in, it's kind of like I use a scenario sometime at the shop when we have a meeting. Of tug of war. If you have five people on one side and three people on the other, don't look at how many people's on the other side. And they're greater. They look stronger. They look tougher. Mm-hmm. That mean they look like they're gonna drag us through this mud. Don't look at that. Everybody, no matter if you're at the back, the middle, or the front, everybody pull. That's what you gotta do. Pull as hard as you can. You can win those people. That's no problem. You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a small shop compared to a lot of other shops. I'm not, maybe not as commercial mm-hmm. as some other shop, but I am a shop. And so just because I'm a small shop, two or three, four employees, doesn't mean we can't do dealership type quality work. Doesn't mean we can't give that type of service. We can go over and beyond actually because we can be more personable. We can touch a person's heart. We can, you know, actually, help somebody and so um uh, so you know that's kind of my mentality you, you, at the shop is is don't worry about this over here just do your part and mm-hmm. and with and if everybody's doing their part we can win and so but if 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 one person slacks off you're in trouble you know <laughs> you're in trouble and then the people will win so even if they're not together right you know what i mean even if they're not together just because they're gonna win and so because, but because three people or four people, how many ever it is, you can, you can win. So, um, but it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference on, you know, how you apply yourself, you know, uh, and, and going back to, uh, when I was working on it, I mean, it's hard for people to believe how many, actually, how many buses I ever worked, I worked on at that place, how many, how much upkeep I did. It's hard for them to believe that, but I'm one man, but I was dedicated. I put all I had into it. And so I took ownership of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about the driver who was driving the bus. I thought about the people that was going to be driving the bus. I thought about the company. And so when you put all three of those together, then it's easy to do the job. Well, that's a, that's a unique way to, to work harder because you, mm-hmm. you have been a driver. Yep. You actually were a driver. Mm-hmm. You obviously were a passenger. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And your mechanic. Yep. So you're putting all three of those mindsets mm-hmm. into getting the job done right. Yep. Getting the job done right. And so to eliminate my whole, my whole. Um, well, you eliminated your job. You did so good. I, I eliminated my job. <laughs> I took myself out of business. You're exactly right. That, that actually happened to a friend of mine. He was at a shop that hired him to run some uh, fabrication stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And a whole unit, you right. know, all the tools to do mm-hmm. all types of fabrication. They said, we want you to organize a team, get these things, network with some schools, companies, mm-hmm. and build this out. So he knocked it out within six months. Wow. Everything's running, got rid of bad people, bought in good people, did everything to a T. 
and they're like, whoa, we didn't really think you were going to do that. Right. So we need to slow down. Wow. And they trail off. And now it's like they just wanted to look like he right. was doing that. Right. So he was hot because he's a hard worker like you. He goes in full right. everything. Like, okay, is that the mission? I'm going to get right. it done. I'm going to get it done. Yeah. So his his fault was being awesome at what they asked him to do. That's sad. I was like, oh, well, so yeah. what happens is you lose those amazing people. Mm-hmm. So he's gone. He's on to a better thing that's awesome with more responsibility. But what he got is a good reference. Oh, he and he got that experience of pushing himself outside his comfort zone. That's right. And even this, what me and mm-hmm. you are doing here, right. it, you know, it, it takes me a little bit outside right. my comfort right. zone to right. approach people and right. pull you to take time out of your right. life to be right. here and set up time, get him ready with right. breakfast and right. plenty of sleep and right. talk about it for a couple of weeks right. to build up to it, mm-hmm. you know, understand my thoughts in between when I asked you That's until right. now, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not just this hour too. Right, right. It's all the weeks of thought and preparation going into mm-hmm. it. Whereas, you know, people forget like when you know, bring it back to when you fix a car. It's not like, oh, I just fixed it. Yeah. Years oh yeah. <laughs> of all of that right, coming into right. one thing mm-hmm. that makes it look so easy. So easy. <laughs> so easy like putting that? butt on yeah, bread. How do you do that? <laughs> wow. So I you know that that's high appreciation for any field yeah. that does that well. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. Sometimes I amaze myself, but at the same time, um, to that point um, of making things look easy, I had one customer call me yesterday and was telling me his engine was blown in his truck. He told me what was wrong with his vehicle. Mm-hmm. And this guy was lost sleep. He told me the exact where he lost sleep. He said he um, didn't sleep well last night because um, he thought maybe his, he said his truck's making a loud screeching noise. And so just by talking to him, I asked him a series of questions. And just by talking to him, I said, well, I can put your mind at ease. I said, even though your vehicle, your engine probably is low on oil, but it has some in it, even though that's the problem, I don't think it's a blown engine. He said, how do you know that? And you're talking to me on the phone. I said, well, because you described to me that the engine cranks up and makes a loud screeching noise. It's been making a screeching noise. And then it goes away after driving it. I said, that's not an indication of bad engine. So you probably have a bearing of AC pulley or water pump or power steering that's seized up mm-hmm. and it's causing the belt to, to stop. It's, it's putting friction on the belt. So he's like, wow, I can't believe you told me that. I said, well, let's have it towed in. Let me look at it. Towed in last night and it's exactly what I said. I looked at the AC compressor and it's supposed to be black and it is cherry red. Oh. From like just getting too hot. And so that's the problem with this vehicle. And so anyway, but my point is, is that it comes from having seen that a few times, many times, whatever, and actually putting the engine in a truck that had a stuck alternator. The engine seemed to be locked up, but that wasn't a problem. The alternator was seized. And so <laughs> those hard lessons learned years ago. You know, yeah, a payoff now. Just, I mean, I can't even tell you the different combinations I have, but just haven't seen it, you know. And even though you might have a Ford, a Chevy, a Mazda, Nissan, Lexus, Mercedes, they all share some of the same characteristics. You know what I mean? They, for one, they have to have fuel, air, and spark in order to run. And so you can't 
eliminate those basic things. And so there's something that all of them will do. It may be different causes of it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the same characteristic. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing to, to, uh, to see some of these problems that come in. They're unique and some problems I've never seen before, but, um, but you know, you kind of got to stay focused, you know, on doing it and, uh, you can get it done. But, uh, but yeah, of one thing I did eliminate, oh, I'm sorry. I did eliminate yeah. my job <clears throat> that other place. I'm sorry. About yeah, that. no worries. Yeah. Um, but anyway, turn my ring off. But yeah, so it's amazing though. Um, I, uh, I really enjoy what I do. And, uh, one thing that you surprised me, um, a couple weeks ago, I was telling my sister, I said, man, it's very rare that people come in and thank you. For doing a job and helping them with the car is very rare. I mean, you would think that sometimes people say thank you, of course, and they leave. But some people are, well, I don't want to see you again for a long time, you know. And that's fine, you know. Yeah. I I don't want them to come back, you know. You can come back and just say hi, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if I see you at the restaurant, I'll buy you lunch, buy you dinner, and so. Uh, but uh, but it's a gratifying and humbling experience to see people do that, and so. Um, um, that really, when you came there, that really made my day. It oh, really did. Yeah. yeah, it did. Because you're very uh, welcome. It's, yeah. you know, it didn't happen all the time. <laughs> I'm always, I'm the bearer of bad news most days. <laughs> and so I hate it, but same time. But you know, there is good news. There's hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You don't have to sell your car. You don't have to go get a car payment, you know, so, but some people don't even want to hear that. So, you know, but I have no control of that. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it felt good. Like I told you, when the when that coil was bad, mm-hmm. and I tell you that every mm-hmm. time it shifted, it was banging mm-hmm. like a truck was banging mm-hmm. against me. I, mm-hmm. I literally was like, "What have I brought my life to?" Mm-hmm. I'm driving this unbelievable contraption that's right. about to explode. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna shut down traffic yeah. on this on. Or was on Pleasant Valley, yeah. you know, it's backed up for right. miles, oh, yeah. oh, trying yeah. to come up from down here. Mm-hmm. And you sorted it out, and then the next day, so smooth. Most I'm like, smooth, yeah. life is yeah. great. Everything's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like you said, I was on, yeah. That yeah. Was, you know, went from yeah. two to ten. That's right. But then I like you. I should probably bring it down. No. <laughs> Don't be too happy. You know, could be could be yeah. another repair around the corner. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't fight the feeling sometimes. Yeah, but, but you know, come by to say thanks. I was, yeah, you know, least yeah. I could do. Nah, that was great. And I've always been, you know, fascinated, you know, and appreciative of what the amount of work that owners put into it. Oh, because yeah. when I think I work hard, I mm-hmm. look at them and say, "Y'all are all working, yeah, way more than me." Mm-hmm. You know, we like to think that we work hard, but we don't. You know, all owners work way harder. <clears throat> like when I was in at that shipping job, right, right, I would go have lunch with the owner of the courier company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i was a kid in a shipping room but i was right. fascinated by how hard he worked right and uh just by going to have lunch with him uh is this uh he ran a curry company he's a persian guy that immigrated from iran and we we're just having lunch and i said you know mm-hmm. how did you get this it's a massive company because mm-hmm. he went from just cars to Vans, buses, then semis, mm. and then I think they now do air freight. Wow! But he said uh, he met up. He met the girl of his dreams, mm. 
she came from an extremely wealthy family mm. and he came from an extremely poor family. Wow. And basically the the dad said, you know, you can't be messing around with these this poor kid because you're gonna live a poor life. That whole crazy thing wow. was like in Disney or whatever. Yeah, right, right. And he's like, forget that. Like, I'm a hard worker. Right. I will outwork you. Right. So he had a friend of a friend and said, you know, just get me in. At, this is in L.A. He's like, right. get me in with Fox. Like, right. get, get me one. Get me one delivery. Wow. Just get me one delivery on the books. Right. At, at Fox. You know, they have thousands of deliveries a day. Yeah, yeah. Between, between uh, film studios. Mm-hmm. So he's pushing, pushing. He's doing like random deliveries for right. print companies, but he's right. like, I just get me in the studio. Right. He did one drive, right? His personal car is what he was doing it in. He'd take one package. And they said, okay, I, I did a job. Right. So he can go and say, like, I've been a courier. So right. to push from our work, he went and got all his cousins, aunts, nephews, grandparents, friends wow. of friends. Rented a bunch of vans and cars, went out to a parking lot, and had a photographer take a picture like his company. His fleet. His fleet is all, wow. look at my fleet. Wow. Right? Made a brochures. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is all the vehicles yeah. I got. Right. I'm here. Go back to Fox. Like, this is who I am. Right. Let me get a couple more rides. Right. You know, he get like one or two a week. Yeah. Two, three. Turn into 10. Turn into 15. Grew it by himself. He had every brother, cousin driving at night, delivering these packages between wow. town until he could actually buy, buy a, a, com- a yeah. company car. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was, what, 20 whatever at that time. His company's massive now. Yeah. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And it's just him and his, I think his brother yeah. that run it, or his cousin. Right. And just so approachable like i said he's taking me i'm a random kid mm-hmm. in some shipping room yeah. he's like he's like hey come yeah. come to lunch because him being cool with me solidified my relationship so when my company would say we there's a hundred other couriers right, right. i'll be like nope going with this guy that's right they say no we're paying too much i'll yeah. talk to him yeah exactly i got a line to right. the owner right. so i would call him and say hey they're doing the whole negotiation stuff mm-hmm. what are you gonna you know Right. Just throw us a bone right. and keep you in there. And he would. Wow. And then uh, it was awesome. Such a caring, giving yeah. person. Yeah. You know, but he worked his way up. And now, you know, he's provided for his huge family. Mm-hmm. Took all, you know, had all time with, you know, right. professional soccer with his kid right. and all that. Right. And uh, but him, no, like he's like, hey, I had to I had to work. He's worked yeah, day and night. Anytime yeah. you get a call mm-hmm. in the beginning, got to get that package there. Yeah. Anytime, any hour, Anytime. any day. Right, exactly. Yeah, it makes a difference. If you if you put the time in, um, it I I mean I just feel like it'll it'll pay off, you know. But it it has to be. Um, <laughs> um I guess um, that's the reason why I work um, the way I work sometimes because uh, until I get the help, the other help, the additional help that I need. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, currently looking. Um, then, um, in order, kind of on the same similitude. Okay, let's just say in in the day we fix so many cars, and I'm already behind that day. Well, I may stay late, and most times I do stay late and fix. Let's say I have eight cars, and five mm-hmm. of them already got ready, and I need three more for that day that's supposed to be ready by the next morning. Well, I'll stay late. And that the 
instead of having uh, just five done that day, I'll get the eight done, but the eight be done after the other three will be done after hours. Or see, but I'm still getting this, uh, just the delivery time is still at the same time the next morning instead of the next day, you know, the next mm. evening. And so what it does is I keep my times. That's the key. It's kind of crazy that I do that. But when I get the help I need, then it'd be even easier. It'd be even easier. And so, um, and I can get my time back. Right. Instead of time in the shower, <laughs> so I can get my time. So you made the hard work normal. That's right. So when it gets a little buffer. That's right. It's just all free time. It's all free time. And so, um, I get it. What you said about that guy, I get it. And so, but I mean, as, as, uh, business owners, you have to make it work until it gets better. And so, um, but, you know, it does pay off, you know, because I see this, um, being, um, you know, uh, uh, a benefit for my family. That's mm-hmm. what I see. And so, um, one day maybe I don't have to work this hard. And so that's, that's the day I'm looking for, you know, but I'm working towards it, you know, so it works out. We got a fit. You have a favorite vacation spot that you like? Um, Cause if you can go, do you like to go places you haven't been or do you, like to go to the same place where you liked before? Um, I like to go place I haven't been. Um, uh, I'm not a big fan. I don't mind going out of the country. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, especially with things the way they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like there's so many things to see in the United States that, I mean, unless you, you and even if you've been a lot of places, you haven't been everywhere. Right. And so there's no way that you can just be everywhere. And sometimes, you know, I mean, the state of Texas is so big and so vast. It's, I find unique places to go in Texas. And so, um, I don't really have, a, to be honest, I don't really have a, that I would say a favorite one stop sh- spot. I don't. Um, I just like to, wherever I go, to enjoy enjoy that place mm-hmm. you know like i want to eat the local favorite food mm-hmm. i want to go see what the local things are in that place even if it's a small town i like to see what's local and so um but most of all i like to just do whatever i want to do you know enjoy if i want to if i just want to rest i want to do that if i want to go try a different place to eat i want to do that if i want to go to different museums or whatever it is i want to do that i want to enjoy myself you know, just have a good time. You yeah. know, just detox, de-stress, whatever. So, um, that's really the main thing. Wow. So I think about time to wrap this up. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And I bet you didn't even remember how hard you worked in the past, <laughs> but I appreciate everything you do for us. I look forward. I'm glad you took time out of your life to come down and share with me and my boy. He'll remember this. For a long time, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. That's it's been a pleasure. It's really been a pleasure. I've really, I've actually been really relaxed this morning. Yeah, and it's been a pleasure meeting your son Diego, and uh, and uh, just being here. This definitely been a great experience so far. All right, we'll take care, and I will say at the end, just take care of yourselves. Be healthy, y'all. <laughs>